I had never anticipated um, starting a business to feel so much like science and so much like graduate school. Um, where really you're just, you're spending every day figuring out first, what do I have to accomplish in the long run? What do I have to accomplish today to make that happen? Um, what don't I know and how am I gonna find it out and who's gonna help me? Hi everyone, thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela and I'm your host. Let's get started. So hi, Danielle, how are you doing today? Um, I, I'm good, and you? I'm doing all right, trying to hang in there in the midst of a crazy semester, but I'm doing my best. Same, no, it's it's a, a constant struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no, I'm with you. Um, but in all of that, I just wanna say thank you for, for being here on the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast. I think gradpreneurship is a really interesting topic and one that a lot of people um, are interested in learning more about. So I'm excited to jump into um, this conversation with you. Um, so in order to do that, for those who aren't familiar with you, I was wondering if you could start off by telling us a little bit about who you are, what discipline you're in and where you are in the program. Sure. So I am starting my sixth year um, in my PhD program, which is horrifying to say. The years go so quickly, Um, but I'm in my sixth year. Um, I am a neuroscience PhD student um, at MIT, and I'm not sure what else to say. I study um, C. elegans, um, neural activity and uh, connectivity between neurons and C. elegans. That is so cool and so far from it. (laughs) I study at all. Um, What got you into that? Yeah, so um, the, I have, I think a pretty, um, a pretty, not standard, but like a story that I think a lot of people might relate to. Um, My, my abuela had Alzheimer's. and she was living with us at the time. And it was just, um, it was such a weird process uh, to, to see somebody that, you know, helped raise me that, that was so important um, in my life um, and that I knew so well kind of like disappear in front of my eyes. Um, I had a really hard time with that. And uh, a teacher in, in high school, um, when I told him what I was going through, helped me realize um, that I, I could ask questions about it and I could try to understand it and, and understand why not only this was happening to her, but um, what the medications that she was on might be doing and the side effects that they might have. Um, and that was one of the first times that I had um, any sense that, that, that I could like really try to understand um, something that was happening, uh, not only to my abuela, but to a, a lot of, I mean, in super increasing number of people around the world, um, that I could try to understand that and, in an academic sense and in a causal sense. Um, yeah, and then over time, I just, I fell in love with, biology and with neuroscience and 
um, the more I learned about it, the more um, the more it became a way for me to um, understand myself when I, I learned that I had ADHD um, and and just understand why people do the things that they do, what makes us who we are, um, how the sum of our experiences um, gets recorded into our brains and molecules and um, it's where we come from. It just, it's just a topic that I love so much. No, I think that that is a great story. And although I said like what you, you research is <laughs> from, from what I do, one Alzheimer's comes up in, in my work as well um, with older teachers. Um, and just also thinking about the ways that our research allows us to make sense of like our personal lives as well as yeah. to, like, and to like address like real world issues. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. So thinking, I'm sure this is like taxing work, I imagine. We can have love work that we isn't all grad work, (laughs) (laughs) right? It can it can help us like answer questions, but it can also be very taxing. So I'm curious, um, given the fact that you're a six year PhD student, what is your relationship to wellness and self care? Yeah, so so this is something that in by the time I started graduate school, I've been really really intentional about. so I, I think I mentioned that I, I was diagnosed with ADHD um, when I was a little bit older, at the end of high school, actually. Um, and that was because when, when I found out that I, I was accepted to MIT for undergrad, I had this big imposter syndrome anxiety breakdown. Uh, <laughs> and, and my college counselor was so incredibly kind about it. And she was like, you know what? I, I've got somebody that you can talk to to just figure out your strengths and weaknesses, help you get prepared for college. Um, And she sent me to a psychologist who was just absolutely amazing. Um, She had ADHD herself. And um, as soon as I showed her like my agenda and told her how I uh, organized in big fat air quotes um, myself, she, she was like, you know, I think you could benefit from cognitive testing. Um, and later on, she was like, yeah, this is, this is me. This is textbook ADHD. And ever since then, I've been really, really just aware and intentional about um, paying attention to the, the way that I talk to myself, the way that I organize myself. Um, something that I really struggled with in, in college, and I mean, honestly, still, but to a much less degree, is imposter syndrome. Um, and being diagnosed with like cognitive issues was really like the worst nightmare. If you have imposter syndrome, it's like confirmation, like, Mm -hmm. oh, they finally found out. They finally found out I'm not supposed to be here. There is in fact something wrong with me. And, uh, it took a lot of unpacking of that, um, through this wonderful psychologist um some cognitive behavioral therapy and that really gave me um tools that I still use now to monitor my self-talk um monitor my habits to make sure that I'm taking care of myself because I don't I I don't think that anybody um is fully functional when they are working against themselves constantly (laughs) in a mental sense which um, 
which I did for a really long time. So it's something that I've been really intentional about. And, and I can tell you all about some of the systems and stuff I've put in place a little later. Yeah, for sure. Well, kudos to you for, for taking the initiative, right? To like get tested and figure, you know, start the process of, of figuring out what was happening with you because we can't address things that we don't know um, exist, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say that I was like, it was a traumatic experience um, for, for somebody to, to tell me like, you might need therapy. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't know at that point, you know, I, I should go to therapy. Whether or not you're going to get diagnosed with something is just so, so helpful to talk to somebody who is an expert in helping you take care of yourself and know yourself and understand yourself. Um, I'm a huge advocate for it now. I think everybody should talk to, to a therapist at some point in their lives because you're going to struggle with something at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I have therapy today. So yeah. <laughs> congratulations. A hundred percent. Yeah, no. Okay. So that could be like its own show. Yeah, um, but God, knowing... <laughs> um, but you, you spoke about how you were able to develop tools to like manage yourself and like um, be cognizant of your self-talk um, mm-hmm. and how that's been a journey for you. So my question kind of leading into today's topic of entrepreneurship in grad school is how do you then add... <laughs> a whole a, a whole business into the mix of graduate school and trying to take care of yourself so like how do you do that <laughs> I'll do you one better I'll tell you exactly how this happened and this happened because um I I had no plans to start a business mm. um I I okay so right before the pandemic started last year um uh, I was very pregnant and that's another whole podcast. <laughs> but, um, yes. Yeah, so I, I did my thesis proposal and about two weeks later, school shut down. Um, two weeks later, yes, yeah, school shut down. And a couple of weeks after that, I gave birth to my son and, um, the type of ADHD I have is not the, the super recognizable hyperactive type. It's more uh, what they call the inattentive type. Um, and one thing that's that's super stereotypical of ADHD in general is just that I mentally, I can't sit still for too long. So I had my son and um, work is shut down. Nobody's sending emails. There's nothing that I can occupy myself with. Not that you know, I was plenty occupied um, <laughs> with a newborn. Um, but about a month into that, I I felt like, oh, I, I kind of have this down. Like he he sleeps, he eats, we change him. Um, because of the pandemic, my husband was home too. So I had plenty of support. Um, and in the times that he was sleeping, I, I realized... Um, well, not, not just in the times that he was sleeping. The times that he was sleeping is when I started working on this. But um, I realized basically as soon as he came home, like, I don't know how to bond with a baby. <laughs> you know, I spent plenty of time with, with babies and kids growing up. I have a huge Cuban family in Miami. And um, 
you know, everybody would show up to the hospital. Everybody would help take care of each other. We were just, um, I was around babies all my life, but um, I guess I wasn't, I had never spent so much time around a newborn um, and really thought about, especially from a neuroscience perspective, like what are they capable of? Um, what is he understanding when I talk to him? What does he see even? Um, you go home from the hospital with this like potato that can't raise their head and you love them so much and you want to bond with them. Um, but I didn't know how to, and I had all these toys, but it became very clear when I got home, like those were not age appropriate. I didn't know what was age appropriate. Um, so I started doing some research in the time that he was napping. Um, like what are some of the milestones that the babies go through? What are they capable of? What are, you know, the toys and products available for, um, for parents like me who, who don't know how to bond with their babies, but want really desperately to. Um, and I found a lot of really great developmental options, but there was also kind of a nagging in the back of my head. Um, Cause when I was very pregnant and before we shut down for COVID, a friend of mine at lab meeting said, uh, wouldn't it just be so cute if your baby had like a tiny baby sized pipette? Um, and I don't know how familiar you are. It's, it's just like a, a, the most common wet lab tool pretty much. Um, and I thought that was so cute. Um, so I was also kind of searching for toys like that, like real substantial science toys. And I couldn't find any um, I had this developmental thing in my head and I was, um, and I had a lot of free time while he slept. <laughs> um, and, and I just started brainstorming and coming up with uh, ways that all these developmental toys could look like lab things, um, lab tools, lab experiments, um, model organisms. And at the end of like a week, I had like 40 toy ideas. Um, I talked to my husband who, who does product development. Um, he has a product development firm. Um, and he, he encouraged me and I've been on my entrepreneurial journey ever since. Wow. That's a really <laughs> interesting like origin story. And I'm thinking about like when you said, oh, I brought my newborn home and I had these questions, like what was he seeing? And how was he experiencing these things? And it made me think back to your other story about your grandmother, right? And how yeah. you were asking these questions about how is the brain processing um, the things okay. around it. So that's a, a really interesting um, connection there. I think for me, similarly, Grad Girl Wellness <laughs> was also like, we're in this pandemic, like there's yeah. a need and I wanna fill it, right? Uh -huh. um, so interesting, interesting. Okay, but so I have a quick question for you. Actually, <laughs> did you did you start because you ended up with a little bit of extra time through the pandemic? Well, it started because I was looking for community. Um, okay. You know, I had actually come back from field work in Cuba, and I had already had a platform, but called Academic Muscle. But it wasn't. It was more so about me. It wasn't about bringing other people in. And so I come back from the field. You know, I'm not coming back to my cohort. I'm not coming back to my yeah. school. I didn't even come back to New York. And so I was like, so lonely. I need people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe I should have been working on my, my data analysis. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so it was maybe a, a rethinking about how I wanted to spend my time. Yeah. And that's how we got to Grad Girl Wellness. Yeah, I think some of the best work honestly comes out of productive procrastination. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> if it will, that's, that's why we're both here. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. Exactly. So I'm curious, what have been some of the challenges then um, in maintaining and kind of build in uh, actually bringing your toy ideas into fruition? There have been so many challenges. There have been so many categories of challenges. Um, so there's the, the time management side of things um, and you know making sure that I'm not going insane side of things um, and then there's obviously the technical challenges of um, of starting a business so um, I, I'll touch on the, the the technical side real quick and then get back to the wellness um, the technical side uh, I had no idea where to start um, in starting a business, I coming into grad school thought that I was going to be an academic all my life. Um, after a couple of years, I had decided I didn't want to stay in academia for lots of reasons, but entrepreneurship was still never on my <laughs> radar um, until I got really passionate about this this idea and this project. Um, so, a lot of the technical challenges have just been learning where to start um, with, you know, validating a market. Like, does anybody besides me want this? <laughs> Am I the only weirdo who wants, you know, STEM-themed developmental baby toys? Um, short answer is I'm not. Uh, we did some surveys. I did some interviewing. Um, one of the other huge things I did was some, some networking from my my undergrad alum groups, um, and I found a co-founder. Uh, her name is Barbara Zapala, and she got her MBA from Ross, so she's what she is doing in a business sense. Yeah, um, and I know what I am doing in a science mom sense, so together we make a, a fully functional fledgling startup, um, and yeah, we're just, we're learning as we go, and it's, it's really fun. I had never anticipated um, starting a business to feel so much like science and so much like graduate school. Um, where really you're just, you're spending every day figuring out first, what do I have to accomplish in the long run? What do I have to accomplish today to make that happen? Um, what don't I know and how am I gonna find it out and who's gonna help me? Um, there have been a, a lot of parallels that I just, didn't anticipate and I didn't anticipate loving starting a business uh, as much as I do. No, I, um, I, no go ahead. Um, no, I, I think that's great. Also, like, f- like finding something that you enjoy. I think sometimes people start businesses and they feel like they have to f- go through with it <laughs> the time and the money. So like, again, like if you try uh-huh. it and it doesn't work out, that's okay. You can just say, I tried it and I can do something uh-huh. else. Yeah, yeah. No, we're in it. We're in it for the long haul, but not because we think we have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the things actually that that um, helped me really decide to do this was to to be very intentional about our values as a company. Um, so, 
it's one thing to be like, yeah, yeah I, I want to, I like, I want to share science with my baby. I want him to be, I want it to be age appropriate so he can actually enjoy this and I enjoy it because it's something I love. Um, but I, when I started um, the company, I don't think I've named it yet. When I started Little Lab Mates, um, Little Lab Mates is the name of our company. Um, again, since I never anticipated being in business, I wanted it. I didn't want to start a business for the sake of starting a business. Um, so we set out uh, with the values that we would be um, environmentally sustainable. Uh, I didn't know how to manufacture toys, but we have figured it out now. And um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, the, the factory we use is um, ethical and responsible. The materials that we use are sustainable in some sense. So we're looking at using um, recycled lab plastics or bio-based plastics, other bio-based materials. Um, didn't want to use any uh, oil-based plastics. And the other side of that is that uh, we also wanted to do some kind of social um, with the company. So the whole point is, is um, helping families bond over a shared love of science. Um, and a lot of, I, I grew up in an environment where I had so much going for me and so many advantages my parents knew what they left behind, what their parents left behind in Cuba. Um, it was instilled in them. They clawed their way up and I got to be born at that nice place that they clawed their place to. So it was always really important to me um, to know that that means that I'm born with a responsibility. Um, so one of our big values is going to be taking some of that profit and in some way um, putting it back towards families in need. Um, and that's something that we're, we're still figuring out. Honestly, every part of the business is something we're still figuring out for the most part. We're brand new, um, but we know that 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 is something that we're going to do. The environmental environmental sustainability is something that we're going to do. Um, it's part of part of the whole point for me. And um, what brought Barbara um, to the company? She said she'd been looking for um, a company with strong values. So if those things aren't met, the rest of it isn't happening. And those that's really what would. <laughs> make every make the whole shut down but i think they're very very doable um yeah we're gonna do them we're gonna make stem themed developmental toys we're gonna do it in an environmentally sustainable way and we're gonna use um the benefit that we get from that to make sure that all families get the opportunity to to bond and have that that time I love that. I didn't know all the ins and outs of little lab mates, but the more that you talk about it, the more I'm like, yes, like I want to see this happen. <laughs> it is a mission for us. Like it's it's a real like mission for us. If let me tell you, along the sides of the um like the technical challenges that we've had, if we wanted to use uh what they call like virgin plastics, um, like not recycled, not bio-based 
none of that, we would be in manufacturing already. Like it would be done. We'd know how, in fact, like some, some people have tried to tell us like, look, just do the, figure it out first and then you'll get the sustainability part later. But we're very stubborn about, <laughs> no, we want to do this right the first time. We're going to stick to our mission. We're going to stick to our values and yeah. Mm, that's that's so much like <laughs> grad school, right? If you want to sometimes stick oh, man. to, stick to your, uh -huh. your values and, you know, using the fighting for a particular like body of literature that you want to cite, you might have, yeah. to, <laughs> you might have to put up a, a fight for that. But in the oh, end, yeah. you produce work that you respect. That's the most important part. Uh -huh. Interesting. So, okay. How do you manage all of this as a grad student? <laughs> Um, the honest answer to that is I don't know, but it gets done. So um, I um, actually one of one of the reasons that I wanted to to talk on this topic of wellness is because I think that the only way that any of this is possible is because I've spent so much time um, doing that work to to understand myself and know my cues um, and be in, just in touch with how I'm doing. Um, without having done that wellness work, that therapy work, um, I, don't, I don't think this would be um, possible and definitely not sustainable. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's the kind of thing where like, where you have three things that you're really, really passionate about and you want to give your all to, um, you, you can't give your all to three things. Um, but if you give your all to yourself, then you figure out how to, how to get the, the most important things done for the things that you care the most about. So what I'm hearing is the importance of knowing yourself, right? How you yeah. work, um, knowing triggers, knowing trends in yourself, um, and then mm -hmm. also prioritizing. Um, yes. What is and isn't yeah. important to you? Those are those are great. I think for me as well, um, when I think about Grow Girl Wellness, knowing myself is knowing, all right, Angela, like this is important and it needs to be done, but you can't do this well if you don't go to sleep. Um, and you know, well, yeah. so I, I need to go to sleep at a certain time. Um, yeah. But also like, I think because of the content that I produce, I don't want to be a hypocrite, right? And so it's very important. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> right, I literally have to practice what I preach. Um, and I also know that I don't want to be a grad girl forever, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so I really do have to prioritize, okay, like, this amount of hours on on this writing project and then as a reward right because I do enjoy yeah. you know working on this platform as a reward then you can get on Instagram and like talk to all mm -hmm. your <laughs> yeah you've got to have your non-negotiables set you need to know what they are for yourself and you've got to have those system and systems in place that that you know work for you mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time trying to implement like different organizational systems for myself that just didn't work because they didn't work with with my brain and with the way that I already operate. Um, yeah, some, that's something that 
my therapist helped me learn is, is the best system is the one that is easiest for you to implement already, that you're not making mm -hmm. that many changes. You are just making little tweaks to keep yourself accountable to yourself and true to what you're supposed to be doing. I really love that. I like your therapist a lot. <laughs> I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. Um, what, do you have any like additional advice that you would give to someone in graduate school that's considering starting a business? Yeah, um, the biggest advice that I would give them is do it and do it now. Um, do it now. <laughs> One, like uh, obviously you got to do the work, the wellness work, because if you're putting, if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating, if you are berating yourself for not getting things done, you're not going to get anything done. But if you can, if you can handle yourself and, and do that work, um, start now because universities and the institutions around them have so, so, so many resources for students who want to start businesses. And some of those go away as soon as you graduate. Some of them are, are there for alums. And of course, it's going to depend on the institution, but there's so much support if you just look for it. Just start. Because I think, yeah, I, th I, I don't know about your experience, but my experience has been both in graduate school and in entrepreneurship that they are both exercises in failure. And the faster you get, <laughs> the faster you get through those, um, those first little misconceptions and trip ups, and you get to more productive misconceptions and trip ups, and eventually you get somewhere um, productive and really fulfilling. That, that, that's awesome. It's also reminding me of a conversation I just had with um, the Black Women Professoriate on Clubhouse. And um, someone there mentioned that starting in graduate school is ideal because things are a bit yeah. lower stakes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have that cushion. And I didn't even think about like all the resources that your school oh God, so provides you. So for sure, start now. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Awesome. So with that said, this was like really great. I love this wellness <laughs> and entrepreneurship. Um, I'm going to move us into the lightning round. So this is where you okay. say <laughs> the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't have to think about it too hard. Um, <laughs> but I know it can be a little nerve wracking. So the first question is, if you could please provide three words to describe wellness in graduate school. I prepared for this one, but I still didn't prepare well enough. Uh, <laughs> I ended up with four and I can't figure out what the, <laughs> what the least important one is. Um, can I say all four of them? I'll give you four. It's okay. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So one, I have non-negotiables, both in the sense of you've got to know your non-negotiables and that figuring out your wellness journey in grad school is non-negotiable because it will be absolutely impossible. Um, if you try to avoid taking care of yourself during such a high pressure um, environment. Mm -hmm. um, the other one was systems. So finding out your personal systems um, and, and also figuring out how to work the department and institute systems to make them work for you. Um, the, the next one is community. Um, I haven't talked a lot about it, but I've would be absolutely nowhere without all of the support systems that I have, my family, my friends, my cohort, 
um, the administration, my husband, just my community has made me who I am. I would be nowhere without them. Um, and the last one was is adaptability. Um, we said that you've got to be like really stubborn, both in entrepreneurship and in, in graduate school. Um, but you've got to balance that out with adaptability too, because there's going to be so much that doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would or the way that you wanted to. And you've got to be able to recognize that sometimes that's the best thing that could possibly happen to you. Mm. This is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> great lightning. I'm glad you got four. Um, <laughs> Okay, so next part of the lightning round is if you could please provide us with two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go community. Um, community, just recognizing that like your, your family and your friends and the people who love you are not going to be like mad to find out that you're struggling. <laughs> It's something I, I'm very glad that I learned really early in, in my therapy journey. Um, you just, you got to find your people and when you do lean on them um, and they'll lean on you. I always love supporting other people and uh, it took me a really long time to let other people support me too. Um, and the, the other thing there is, is um, therapy really therapy and, and systems again just like find find that institutional support and something that exists for the purpose of supporting you it's there therapy is there um there are so many support systems in my graduate program sometimes you have to go out and dig for them but they're there you just need to find them and utilize them and last but not least, I'm going to orient this um, specifically for all of our gradpreneurs who are listening. Um, what is one thing that you would say specifically to a gradpreneur um, who feel who's taken the leap but currently feels like they are struggling? Yeah. So, so what I'd say in that scenario is that um, nobody but you is paying that much attention um, to your failures. Feel free to fail, fail often, <laughs> fail big. Um, people are gonna remember when you do well, especially the people who love you, your friends and family, they wanna celebrate with you. Um, they're gonna remember your successes. They're gonna uh, publicize your successes. Nobody is going to ridicule you for failing, so you shouldn't be afraid of it. That is such great advice. So Danielle, I want to thank you for bringing us on this journey of little lab mates. And I want to be there um, to celebrate you as well. So if people want to, to watch you and share everything that you're doing, um, where can they find more about you and your business? Yeah, so they can find more about us at lillabmates.com. That's L-I-L-L-A-B-M-A-T-E-S.com. Um, or our Instagram or TikTok account. Ooh, TikTok. And thank you so much for, for having me on this, um, Angela. I am so glad I happened upon Grad Girl Wellness and you are inspiring to me and inspiring to all of the gradpreneurs that are listening here too. Mm -hmm.
<laughs> that that really means a lot and I'm also like you know truly inspired by you all it makes me want to um expand more and to do more with this platform so I appreciate you as well you are performing such a service and you know I hope I hope that this continues as long as you have the the bandwidth to do it because it's it's really important I appreciate that that's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.